Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello everyone. I'm super sick with COVID right now and it hurts to open my mouth. That's right. I haven't had coffee in days. While I'm working on getting better, please enjoy these allegedly true and scary stories about truckers. My life as a trucker from Brandon K. My name is Brandon, but everybody just calls me Big Country. It's a name I got from one of my battle buddies in the army. I'll start by saying that I love to listen to scary stories while I'm driving my rig up and down the road. Now, there are some things I've seen and heard while working as a big wrecker operator, a livestock hauler, and an over-the-road carbon hauler. I come from a family of truckers, so I knew when I grew up I was going to be a big rig driver. And over the years, I've driven in Iraq while serving the United States Army. And when I got out, I just began driving a truck as a civilian. I've driven across most of the United States and up into Ontario and Montreal, Quebec, Canada as well. I've seen the border of Mexico, but never been across it. One of my first jobs when I got out of the military was a big wrecker and rollback driver. There are three things that happened to me that I remember the most about that job. The first one was when I had to tow a car up to a guy's house at a place called Suwal Mountain. I got the car up to his house and unloaded it. Afterwards, I was driving back to the shop to park the truck. When I started to drive back down the mountain, it was between 2 and 3 a.m. I began to get sleepy as I came into a straight stretch and I could barely keep my eyes open. As I came to the end of the straight stretch, a woman in a white flowing dress walked right out in front of my truck. I barely had time to touch the brakes when I saw her. Needless to say, I stomped on the brakes as hard as I could, and when the truck finally came to a stop, I jumped out scared to death that I'd just run over and killed someone. But when I looked under and around the truck, there was no damage to it. No blood. No woman. I walked around for a few minutes, trying to process what happened, but I had no explanation. So I just climbed back up into my truck, and I finished the drive home. After that, I didn't get sleepy again for the rest of the night. For the next couple of weeks, that image just kept replaying itself in my mind, over and over again. But after a while, I just chalked it up to me being sleepy, my eyes and my mind playing tricks on me. When I told a friend of mine that lives in the area about what I experienced that night, his face went pale and he looked surprised. When I asked him what was wrong, he told me that years earlier, a woman had been murdered on that mountain, and her body had been found just past the woodline at the end of the straight stretch. I couldn't believe it. He told me others have claimed to see the woman as well. Now, to this day, I refuse to drive down that mountain at night anymore. The second story I remember is a wreck where someone was killed. It was actually the only wreck I worked which involved a fatality. We got a call one morning. There was a wreck on I-64 on the westbound side. A tractor trailer had rolled over onto a car. Immediately, 
we jumped in our trucks and raced to the accident. When we got there, however, we saw there was a car underneath an 18-wheeler, but the truck was still upright. After we got there, we learned that the truck was coming up the hill on the westbound side and the car was coming down the hill on the eastbound side. That's when the driver of the car suddenly lost control. They drove across the median and up and under the truck. It was a hot summer morning, already almost 80 degrees. When the car hit that truck, it did so with such force that it shoved the steer axle back so far that the truck's radiator and the front of the engine were literally cooking the guy in the car. If you've ever smelled that scent of a human burning, I can tell you from experience it's something you never forget, no matter how hard you try. Once we got the car out from under the truck, the paramedics got busy getting the body out of the car. One of the police officers on the scene was a friend of mine. He told me the guy had a heart attack, and that's what led to the accident. Either way, he didn't have to feel much. Once the paramedics got him out of his car, some guys from another wrecker company in Virginia tried to argue with us, saying that since the accident hadn't happened in West Virginia, they were supposed to take the car. We gladly gave it to them and asked if they wanted the truck too. Unfortunately, we had to take it back to our shop. For the next few days while the truck was there at our shop, we could smell that guy. We were so happy when the company the truck belonged to sent another wrecker to pick it up and haul it away. My last big wrecker story is a perfect example of how little trained and inexperienced a lot of drivers are that are on the road today. We got a call one night that a truck and trailer had turned over on a westbound exit, just a few miles from the shop. I was the first one to the accident. When I got there, I was trying to figure out exactly what had happened. You see, the trailer was laid over on its side, but the truck was still setting upright. I walked up to the truck and knocked on the door. The driver stuck his head out of the window, and I asked him how he managed to unhook the truck from the trailer before it turned over. He said he unhooked his trailer when he pulled off the exit because he had to get diesel fuel. I looked at him and said, And you unhooked your trailer, why? To which he responded, I didn't think the trailer would fit under the pumps. I explained to him that his truck was the same height of his trailer, and if his trailer wouldn't fit, his truck wouldn't fit either. I also asked him if he did have to unhook his trailer, then why didn't he just unhook it on the diesel lot? He said he didn't know. I know what you're all thinking, and no, he actually wasn't driving for Swift. Not so sure he wasn't a graduate of Swift University, though. Anyway, when he unhooked his trailer, he did it on a shell bank, and he was hauling those big rolls of paper from the paper mill. And when the shell lifted, the load shifted, causing the trailer to turn over. I won't say the name of the company he drove for, but when I asked him how long he'd been with them, he told me he was still on his 90-day probation period. I looked at him and said, Well, you were just fired. He looked nervous and offended, asking how I knew that, and I told him, Trust me, when we get back to our shop and you call your company, telling them what you did, they're going to fire you on the spot. After loading a roll of paper onto the rollback, we gave him a ride to the shop so he could call his company. My boss and I were sitting in the shop where we park our big wreckers, just talking, when he came walking out of the office about 15 minutes later. He had a look of defeat on his face. I asked him what did they say. I already knew the answer and he just confirmed it when he told me that they fired him. I looked at him and said, I told you what was going to happen. 
I just walked away shaking my head. For almost eight years, I hauled livestock, turkeys to be exact. Once, I hauled a load of turkeys down to Memphis, Tennessee to put them on a plane so they could be flown overseas. After I got the turkeys off the truck and onto the platform to be loaded onto the plane, I started to head back towards home. I never parked my rig in Memphis because of the risk of being shot or mugged. Instead, I would always drive about 30 miles up the road to a dirt lot I usually parked at. After I got parked, I began my paperwork. We were still using paper logs because we hadn't started using... At the time, we were still using paper logs. We hadn't yet started using electronic logs. Anyway, as I was sitting there doing my paperwork, I started to hear a dog barking. I didn't pay much attention to it at first, but then the barking got louder and closer. Soon the barking sounded like it was right outside of my door. So, aggravated, I looked up to find this dog. Only there was no dog. The barking was coming from a man standing right outside my window. After seeing this, I said out loud, Oh heck no, not tonight. With that, I released the brakes, put the truck in gear, and drove another hour up the road to a well-lit truck stop with plenty of trucks. On another occasion, after delivering to a farm in North Carolina, I drove to a truck stop that I usually spent my 10-hour break at. After my break, I did my pre-trip and started to drive home. I had just made it out of the truck stop parking lot when my seatbelt light lit up and the warning light started to ding. I had my seatbelt on and already knew it was the wiring in the seatbelt that needed to be fixed, so I pulled my truck over onto the shoulder to fix the wiring issue. I had my passenger side window down a few inches so I could throw the little pieces of plastic out the window. As I was finishing up fixing the wiring problem, I started to clean up the tools I was using. That's when I began to feel the truck swaying from side to side. Now, this usually happens when the wind blows. It will make the truck sway sometimes, so I didn't really think anything about it. But when I went to get back into the driver's seat, I looked over towards the window, and some guy had his arm in the window holding a knife, shouting, Give me your money. Now, this was about 10 p.m. There was nobody there but him and me, and instead of getting scared, I got really teed off. I said, Dude, are you serious right now? What kind of moron are you? He shouted again, Give me your money. I looked at him. Oh, I'll give you something, all right. I reached up, grabbing my 1911 9mm. Once he saw my pistol, he went from a drugged-out robber to an Olympic runner. I didn't bother to call the police because even though my dome lights were on, I still didn't get a good look at his face. But I still didn't waste any time getting out of there. Another time, when I had to go down to Tennessee and pick up a trailer, I stopped for the night at a hotel I'd stayed at before. The other times I'd stayed at this hotel, I didn't have any issues, but that night was different. This hotel room was haunted. That's the only explanation I could come up with, anyway. The whole night, I kept hearing something tapping on the bathtub, moving the shower curtains about. I know most people would have left or gotten another room, but I'm not afraid of the paranormal. In fact, aside from being a trucker, in my free time I like to do some paranormal investigation. I started listening and asking questions. I would ask a question and there would be a thump or a click coming from the bathroom. I found it interesting for a while, but I finally got tired and told whatever or whoever it was goodnight that I was going to sleep. At about 6.30, I heard a loud pounding at my door. 
When I got up and looked, there was no one there. So I simply assumed it was whatever it was telling me that it was time for me to leave. So I got dressed and packed up my stuff. Then I headed down the road to pick up my trailer. While I was hauling livestock, I developed what I can only describe as my trucker nightmares. I don't sleep real good being a trucker, but when I do sleep, I usually have nightmares about trucking. In these nightmares, I'll be driving down the road, when out of nowhere, a bunch of cars will appear just stopped in the road. And as I suddenly hit the brakes to keep from hitting them, I wake up. I've had these nightmares more times than I care to remember, and it's always the same scenario, but usually with different locations. Whether I'm in my rig or at home asleep, I have these nightmares and usually I wake up sweating, even scared sometimes, until I realize it was just a dream. Once when I was team driving, I was asleep and began to have the nightmare. In my dream, I saw the cars, and right as I went to slam on the brakes, my co-driver, who was driving at the time, really did slam on the brakes. I woke up almost screaming, holding my chest, because I really thought I was going to have a heart attack. I told my uncle Conrad, who used to be an over-the-road trucker, as well as a few other old-school over-the-road truckers, about my nightmares, and they all told me the same thing. Once you do this job long enough, you'll always have nightmares about it from time to time. I believe it goes along with the things I see out here and some of the things I have to deal with. I've just come to accept it as being part of the job now, and I try not to worry about it. I gave up hauling livestock about eight months ago, and I started hauling for a different company hauling carbon to Tennessee. The money's better, but I'm on the road a little more. Still, I'm happy with it. Driving has always been my dream, but four months ago it was almost taken away from me. I ended up having a heart attack, or the doctor said it may have been a heart attack. They never really gave me a complete answer. While doing tests on my heart and doing CAT scans, they also discovered that I'd had an aneurysm on one of my lungs. They said they believe it's from the military when I was in Iraq, but after a couple of months of tests and a lot of waiting, I finally got medically cleared to return to driving. I haven't really seen a lot of weird stuff while driving for the company I'm with now, but I'm sure I'll see something sooner rather than later. That's all I have for now. Thank you to all my fellow truckers out there for all you do to keep this country moving. Stay safe out there. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more light-hearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. 
Another Trucker, Another Drive From Tim R4 I'm a trucker who's been all over the 48 contiguous states, and from my experience, if the people don't get you, the wilderness will. Around my third year of driving, I was in Pennsylvania, in Duncannon. I had just passed a truck stop where I should have gone to use the bathroom, but I told myself I could hold it and make it to the next one. Not long after that thought, my body proved me wrong. I had to go ahead and stop the truck on the shoulder. I stepped out of the truck. It was nighttime, so not much traffic at all. I think it was sometime early in the morning. As I was doing my business, I swear I saw glowing eyes in the tall grass, which was about chest high. I froze for a quick second. I assumed it was a deer, so I finished up what I was doing. The whole time those eyes never moved, never blinked. Still trying not to let it phase me, I got back in the truck. I never did take my eyes off of this assumed deer. I put my seatbelt back on, then I released the brake. But the moment I did, those eyes in the grass got taller. It doubled in height, towering over the chest-high grass. I immediately thought, that's no deer. In fact, that's something way above in the food chain. I panicked, trying to take off a little too fast, and I ended up stalling the truck. Whatever it was, it just stayed in the grass, always staring and never looking away from me. I managed to make it away okay. These days, I still drive past that spot. I don't really have a choice otherwise. However, I definitely make sure to stop at the truck stop before it, if nature calls. I don't want to know what I saw. From OTR Trucker I'm a trucker traveling from state to state to deliver whatever my dispatch tells me to deliver. One day I had just arrived at the truck stop that I'd be spending the night at, in southern Virginia next to a highway. As I settled into my bunk, I had an uneasy feeling, but I just chalked it up to my surroundings being somewhat remote. I'm used to being in the city, not out here. At about three in the morning, I could hear tapping on my door and window, and someone was calling my name faintly. It sounded as if it was coming from across the highway behind my truck, my dog was sitting in the driver's seat, looking at whatever was touching the door. He barked once, then just started whining. I told him to go back to sleep, but he kept on whining. I peeked through the privacy curtains. That's when I saw it. This deathly pale figure next to my truck. Its long arms were raised towards my door, still tapping away at it. Then it raised its disfigured head and what I saw still haunts my dreams. Two bright white eyes with no pupils, and a huge grin with teeth as yellow as the logo of the truck stop. It opened its mouth, and I heard my name coming from its gaping maw. I felt my entire body grow cold in an instant. Quickly, I shut the curtain and rolled over in my bunk. There's a button back there that allows me to lock the doors, so I pressed it numerous times just to be sure the doors were locked, so that thing didn't come in and do God knows what. I tried to will myself back to sleep, but hours went by with me listening to that thing calling out my name. It didn't stop until sunrise, when the fuel pumps nearby became more busy. Now, I believe in the supernatural 
but I never thought I'd encounter such a creature. Some cryptids are real. We're just living in their world. Creepy Semi-Truck Stalker From Devon992 I was traveling from one state to another. I drive a small compact car. The highway I was driving on at the time had a speed limit of 80 miles per hour. I had already been driving for 10 hours by then. I was pretty tired, and I needed some gas. Still, everything was going smoothly until I saw this semi-truck. It was going way faster than the speed limit. It had to have been going at least 100. I was minding my own business, and for some reason out of nowhere, the person driving the truck seemed agitated and began to drive aggressively. Now, let me make this clear. In no way, shape, or form did I egg this person on. I never tried to intimidate them. I did absolutely nothing to enrage this person. So I simply changed lanes, legally and safely. But what I didn't know is that this trucker started to follow me. This person would change lanes behind me every chance they got, always staying behind me. I tried to speed up, but they would just speed up too. This person was being dangerous at this point. I just kept thinking I never did anything to them. I wasn't sure what to do, so I just kept on driving. My anxiety peaked. All of this was scary and unnecessary. This trucker followed me for about an hour and a half, just being a creep. I guess he had nothing else to do. I pulled off an exit and went to a gas station. This gas station had a dirt lot in the back. I drove through there thinking it would connect to the front. I was wrong though. There was a set of cones blocking me, but I was able to just barely squeeze through them. I stopped and looked out my rearview mirror, hoping I'd lost them. In horror, the same truck that had been following me was now driving through the back of the gas station to find me. What was this guy's deal, I wondered. He began to approach the cones, and I was getting more and more freaked out. I ran to the front of the store, quickly going inside. I tried to gather myself there and calm down. Then I called the police. Unfortunately, I never got a license plate. I regret that now. Instead, I described to the police what the truck looked like, which wasn't any help at all. To my knowledge, I thought that would be it, but no. When I felt safe again, I drove to the next town over. The truck was there too, as if they were waiting on me. I couldn't believe what was happening. I tried calling the police again, telling them the situation. They told me to meet them at the local police station, so I did just that, and they were nice enough to escort me to the next city over. I was scared the whole time. They couldn't find the creepy dirtbag that was stalking me. To this very day, I never did figure out why they stalked me. I mean, I don't drive a race car if they were wanting to race. I'm a young guy, but not too attractive, so I'm not sure what he had against me. Maybe he gave up because he found something better to do. Maybe not. Maybe something in his personal life sent him off the deep end, and I just happened to be there when he decided to take it out on a stranger. I will always remember this as the scariest encounter in my life, and until you're stalked, you'll never understand just how scary it truly is. Ghostly Rider From Trucker73 I'm an over-the-road trucker. I've been doing this for almost seven years now. It isn't unusual for me to pick up on spiritual activity as most of the houses I grew up in were haunted. 
I had many things happen throughout my life in a spiritual manner. When I was about four, I saw a demon standing at the foot of my bed. And as I said, most of our homes were haunted, so I was well attuned to spiritual interactions. June of 2020, however, proved to be a difficult month for me. I ended up with a ghost rider on my truck. A ghost girl wearing an older white nightgown, with long black hair and a pale face. What took me most were the eyes, because she didn't have any. Only black sockets, if you can envision that. I didn't mind the company, honestly, as it gets lonely out there. But had I known the reason for her visit, perhaps I could have better prepared myself. The girl stayed with me for four days. The day she left, I received the call to return to my home state, as my mother had declined and fast. I picked up my wife and headed for Ohio. My mother lasted four days before she passed, which happened to be the same amount of time as my ghost rider's visit. That is one spirit I hope I never see again, but should she ever return, at least now I will have an idea of what is to come. Those Three in the Truck From Anonymous At the time of writing this, this happened about a year ago, last winter. I was 16 years old, and too stubborn for my own good. It was a Friday night, and I'd been bugging my mother the entire week for McDonald's. Normally I'm repulsed by the idea of it, but I had a craving for an apple pie, and I made a reasonable argument she couldn't refuse. Now before I get into this exact moment of trouble, understand that I'm the oldest of four, meaning when we go somewhere I have to keep them from wandering off and sometimes waiting in the car when my mother has her daily dose of wine on the weekends. Unfortunately for me, I'd have to wait in the car with them after we got McDonald's, so my mother could get her wine. We parked in the lot of a smart and final. I glared at my mother and urged her to hurry because my patience was wearing thin. My two siblings had been arguing with each other over who had the better toy. Not even five seconds after that, a large rusty pale white truck pulled in. Its headlights turned against the dark wall behind us. Even though we faced opposite directions, I could make out three figures inside the truck. They appeared to be two dirty old men and a dirty woman who seemed to be facing in my direction. In fact, I soon noticed they were all facing my direction and the driver was even smiling at me. Now, I am a very polite person and I've always been taught to never judge people based on how they look. But these folks did not seem the friendly type and honestly, the driver was giving me goosebumps. That creepy smile. Seeing this was absolutely weird in its entirety. I didn't feel safe, and I let my mother know right away. With a sigh, she asked if we wanted to come inside with her. I nodded, then I began to reach for the door handle, and as I did, something caught my eye. The driver of that truck reached over for his door too. I stopped, and so did he. In fact, all three of them did. I looked at my mother. Mom, did you just see that? She nodded. Don't worry, I'm sure they're just getting out too. I looked at the three in the truck again. They all smiled creepily at the same time. I was so creeped out and uncomfortable that I felt like I was going to throw up. Mom, we need to go, please. 
I looked over to my siblings who were completely silent at this point. They looked just as scared as I was. Okay, okay, give me a second. My mother began typing away at her phone, clearly ignoring the situation. Mom, please, they're scaring me. Just look over at them, okay? The second my mother's eyes flew off from her screen, she looked over in their direction. She held the door handle and repeated my actions from earlier. Again, they did the same thing. She nodded and said it was time to go. Just as she threw her car in reverse, they got out of their truck and began to walk towards our car. We were slowly pulling away, and I could see a woman pull into the same lot. Those three from the truck approached her then, and all I could do was watch. I kept repeating the same thing to my mother, that we left that poor lady. I felt like we had left that lady to whatever fate was almost ours. We left her to whatever they wanted to do to us. Who knows what would have happened if we had stayed and my mother left us alone in that car. Tales from the Break Room is a viewer-submitted podcast featuring allegedly true scary stories that happened on the way to, on the way from, or at work. If you want your story to be narrated on the show, send it to us at eeriecast.com submit. As of April 14th, we're paying three cents per word for stories that are approved and make it onto the show. Submission does not guarantee approval or payment. For a limited time only, PayPal only. Tales from the Break Room is an EerieCast Network original podcast hosted by Darkness Prevails. You can follow him on Twitter at Dark Prevails, and you can hear thousands more stories read by him on our other show, Unexplained Encounters. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow and rate Tales from the Break Room on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can also enjoy plenty more horror-themed podcasts at EerieCast.com.